2: And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Yep.
3: you know Jerry Crowley who's you know he's the big shot at the Channel AM 970 and he has dreams of one day maybe uh, me running for mayor and being the mayor and you know it's disappointing that Jerry has such low op- such a low opinion of me because you know I'm thinking just I'm going right to the presidency like you know I enjoy the local stuff but I, you know I really want to have an international impact and so just so everyone who's listening to AM 970 the answer to Arthur Idala, I'm telling you right now: when I become the president of the United States, uh, I'm going to make today a national holiday uh, because, you know, Easter is just a wonderful, wonderful holiday. In this particular year, Easter and Passover were coincided, and for my Greek Orthodox friends, every four years their Easter coincides with ours. Yesterday was their Palm Sunday, um, so I look—you can't go to work on a day after. Eating what my mother-in-law, the the spread she threw down. You're not waking up today and going to work. It's just not the right thing to do. Now, most of you who are listening to this have been through a whole day of work, and good for you. Congratulations to all of you. I cannot say the same. I uh, invoked my privileges as the managing partner of Idala, Bertuna, and Gammons law firm. And it doesn't hurt when your wife is uh, the executive partner of the law firm. And I took today off from the law as much as you can in 2022 with two phones, one with, with accepting calls and texts and the other one accepting emails and calendar invites. But, um, you know, it, it, I said on Friday when we left, we all need to take some time to, you know, hug each other and, and appreciate life and appreciate those around us. And, um, you know, right Like moments before I came on the air, like two minutes ago, I just found out that a a friend of mine, who's a relatively young man, just passed away. And I'll talk about that at the end of the show. But um, this was a guy who um, he he lived life like a choir boy. In other words, he ate right. He was always physically fit. I believe he was sixty five years old, and um, I just found out he's gone. I knew he was ill. Um, I've been in touch with his family, but he's gone. And he. Uh, was the consummate family man. This was a very handsome guy who has a beautiful wife. I never saw his eyes straight. I never heard him speak about another woman, you know, dressing nicely or being attractive. Uh, he was so focused on his wife, Lisa. He was so focused on his two daughters and his grandchildren. And now he's gone. Way, way too young for a man who um, whose parents lived in very to a ripe old age and let me just end the drama um when i was in the da's office he was the assistant chief investigator behind a legendary guy named al pika and um he then rose to the level of being the chief investigator and his name was joseph ponzi and he was a very 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 good friend of mine um of, of everyone around me and i bring up his name And because he embraces what I said on Friday and what I would like to the message I want to deliver again today, that in this world and we're going to talk about the news of the day and and you all know what's going on in Ukraine and how horrible that is. We all know the, the stories. It's negative after negative. It's so, so hard to try to, you know, be upbeat about it. But there are certain things we can control those little things just around us that you know you can control. And one of those things is appreciating what you have and those around you who have put you in the position that you're in, who have helped you along the way, and the people who you've helped along the way. And sometimes we get so caught up in the minutia of life, we we lose the bigger picture. I went to, very luckily, I went to church on Easter Sunday, well blessed to be with you know my my dad who's almost 84 and my mom who's in her 80s on to my right and to my left is my son who's five and and my daughter who's five months old uh, and and obviously my wife And, and you know when the priest gave the homily when he gave the after the gospel he gave the homily and he said you know in this world that we live in we get so many mixed messages and There are so many opportunities to not do the right thing. This is what the priest is saying. There are so many opportunities where uh, doing the wrong thing will give you material benefits, financial benefits, different benefits, the status of your life. Um, Is it worth it? Those were the terms the priest used. Is it worth it, to be honest? Is it worth it to be trustworthy? Is it worth it to sacrifice something from yourself to help others? And he said, the reason why we know as Roman Catholics that it's worth it is Jesus proved that to us. And you could extrapolate that out beyond the Catholic faith into all the other faiths. And Joe Ponzi, Chief Joe Ponzi, you know, he lived that life. When you are the chief investigator of the Kings County District Attorney's Office, which i believe is the third largest in the nation you have plenty of opportunities to not do the right thing and joe was one who he really always did the right thing um and he left us way too soon but he leaves behind a legacy of honor integrity love i mean love of family love of friends love of everyone around him respect He respected others as he was respected. And that's the lesson if you want to tie in um, a tragedy, because I could say Chief Joe Ponzi leaving us at 65 years old is a tragedy. Um, If you want to tie in the the, the priest's message on Easter Sunday of, is it worth it to live an honorable and noble life? And then you look at Joe Ponzi, and even though he left us too soon— he leaves his children and his grandchildren with a name and a legacy that is so meaningful. And, you know, I i think I've mentioned this. I wrote in my high school yearbook, you know, mom and dad, the last sentence of my little blurb, you know, I will make you proud. And I do my best every day to do that, but I know that they're not gonna be here forever. And so now I live my life every day to make Luca proud and Arthur proud and Ariana proud. And maybe one day, if i'm maybe i'm here maybe i'm not here but they have children in the world of technology i want them to say that their grandfather and who knows maybe their great grandfather arthur idala uh was someone who had a reputation of doing the right thing i remember uh, not that that long ago maybe 10 years ago uh, a, a fellow criminal defense attorney who was a very capable man sat next to me and he goes, Artie, you know what your problem is? He used a few curse words in there that I'm going to leave out. He said, you care so much about what people think about you. You you give a blank about what people think about you. And yeah, that's true. That is uh, it's 100% true. Um, that is how I live my life because you're... that. Someone told me when you die, the only thing you really take with you is your reputation, is your name. And... As we lose a great New Yorker, a man who dedicated his family. His father was a storied uh, law enforcement officer, as, as was he. As we say goodbye to Chief Joe Ponzi, the lesson that we need to take with us, that he gives us, is number one, the only thing you do take with you is your reputation. He's not taking his family with him, thank God. He's not taking his money with him. It's only his name. And that name was he answered what the father said at St. Anselm's on Sunday. Is it worth it, to be honest? Is it worth it to be trustworthy? Is it worth it to take the high road when you could take the low road? And you may get some instant gratification. You may get some instant benefits. But then you die, and the only thing you take with you, that reputation, it's soiled, it's tarnished. And this technology age that we live in, that lives on with your kids and your grandkids and your nieces and your nephews and those around you. So you need to look in the mirror and say, what is important to me? And I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do, but I'm telling you what's important to me. And it was important to chief Joe Ponzi was to look in the mirror and say, Hey, I, you know, I know there are shortcuts I could take. I know there are things that I could do that are the wrong thing. It wasn't the way I was raised, the way I was brought up, the way the role models and mentors around me uh, taught me to do things. And and therefore, if you do the right thing, and I know Joe, Joe Ponzi in those last moments that maybe he was cognizant of what was going on. He died of, of, of cancer, we believe, from September 11th. He was certified that it was actually from September 11th. So even in death... He gave his life to public service. He knew that he always did the right thing. And if more of us lived our life that way, trust me, in the next segment, I wouldn't be talking about all of the crime that is being committed in New York City. To all of my friends and colleagues in the Kings County District Attorney's Office and everyone who knew Chief Joe Ponzi. I'm sorry if this is the way you're hearing about him leaving us as he did just a little while ago, hours ago, maybe. But that's reality. We'll be back with a little bit of an uplifting part of the uh, next segment. Well, you know, talking about death, right? We're talking about people leaving us and people getting sick. There's no one better to prepare you for that than the folks at Connors & Sullivan. Um, they are the ones who have the tools that can make sure, if something suddenly happens to you, you're prepared. It doesn't necessarily need to be death. It could just be tremendous illness. When we're healthy, we don't think of a power of attorney. We don't think of a healthcare proxy. We think that we can worry about that. Ah, when we're older, or you know, maybe when we become sick. Let me tell you something. You get a diagnosis like that. The last thing you're looking to do is go to a lawyer. You want to know that you have all your ducks in order. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a health care proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts, they may have to make those decisions for you. Is that what you really want? It's essential to create a power of attorney and a health care proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. So call and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. They really know their stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They'll help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for. For you. So call for a free in person initial consultation with a lawyer at 718 238 6500. 718 238 6500.
2: 8-8.
3: Want to run for uh senate and then brooklyn uh new york state senate and then brooklyn borough president and then mayor but boy his uh his head must be running in circles with what's going on in the city you know i uh you spoke to someone recently who had um uh, a meeting an encounter with former manhattan district attorney cy vance uh and he said to that person you know the the best part of being the Manhattan DA was the first week and then everything starts coming at you. And when I, and it just becomes, you know, one problem after another. And then when I had dinner at Gracie mansion with Bill de Blasio, with mayor de Blasio about, I think it was October, November before the end of uh, his term, you know, he said, you know, you, you get sworn in and that first day or two is fantastic. And then you have this list of things you want to accomplish and everything just starts coming at you. And it's very difficult to deal with your agenda. You're trying to always dealing with your agenda, but there's all these other catastrophes coming your way. If you guys remember De Blasio's first month in office, he, we had like two or three major snowstorms, same thing happened with Adams. And then obviously the two police, two police officers, now detectives get killed. It's, It's like one big travesty after another. And, you know, let's face it. New Yorkers are not happy with what's going on. Um, Mayor Adams and Commissioner Sewell, you know, they're trying to keep on a happy face up and, and say, oh, everything's OK and the subways are, are, are safe. But whoever keeps this statistics and I don't know exactly who that it is, it's the it falls under the uh, umbrella of the NYPD, but their own stats show that violent crime on the subways is skyrocketing. Robberies have surged by 72 percent with 165 reported this year um, from January 1 to April 10th, up from 96 in the same period in 2021. Now, I do want to just put that in perspective, and maybe Joan could, like, send me a text to tell me about how many people ride the subway every day, but it's hundreds of thousands. So... One is too many, right? I mean, so uh, 165 is is too many. One is too many. Nobody wants to go on the subway subway and get robbed. But it may even be in the millions if you consider how many trips, not actually individuals, but how many people are coming on in the morning and then off in the evening and then on in the middle of the day a couple of times. 165 in all of January, all of February, all of March, and the first 10 days of April. That's bad, but I would like to see what it was in 1979 and 1982, um, the 1986. Felony assaults and the subways rose 28% with 169 attacks logged compared to 132 during that same period a year earlier. Now these are the CompStat data. So CompStat was something that came into effect when I was in the DA's office uh, in the early nineties uh, it was really Jack Maples who's passed away and police Comis- police commissioner Bratton under Rudy Giuliani's mayoralty it's it's computer statistics comp stat so they just basically used technology to identify where are the crimes and then let's go attack them in those particular areas and it worked swimmingly back in the day and I'm um, hopeful as we all are that it's going to be great again today so joan just said 1.5 million a day 1.5 million a day are on the subway now again that may be um she said yeah i think sunday was i don't know it just says sunday 1.5 million i knew it was over a million i didn't want to say that but i think that's multiple rides so maybe people who are coming on in the morning and then coming home in the evening 169, you know, that's 0.01%, I think, or 0.1%, something like that, Spring will tell me. Um, The stats do not include the 10 people shot and the 20 others hurt in the gun rampage uh, by um, Frank James. But nonviolent crimes are also way up. Grand larceny spiked 110% to 275 from 131. So it was, what is that, basically, it's like pickpockets, taking your wallet or taking your um or taking your um cell phone or something out of your pocket that's a that's a larceny as opposed to a robbery when there is some degree of force used uh that's a robbery that's the difference here's your idolatry tuner and camon's lesson here a grand larceny is when something is stolen without any force being used or any kind of breaking and entering which would be a burglary so burglary is when someone enters a premise unlawfully Without having permission or authority to be at that location, and they take something. That's or actually they don't have to take anything. It's a, to commit a crime therein. So you don't have to take anything. You could break into someone's house and punch him in the face, and you could be charged with a burglary. Um, a robbery is a face-to-face confrontation where force is used um, or attempted force is used, and uh, grand larceny is again pickpockets, shoplifting, um, a financial crime where someone you know hacks into your account and takes money, that's a larceny. I don't think there's a lot of that going on in the subways. Um, but overall, major felonies reported in the subway system rose 68% to 617 from 367. Murders decreased from three to two. Rapes doubled from two to four. Um... I am not coming down on on any of these numbers, but when you're looking at the statistics, um, this year, 3.1 million single-day ridership. Um, So it varies by the day, but total estimated ridership on Friday, April 15th, was 2.7 million. Uh, The highest day, let's just see, was Thursday. April Fourteenth, three point three million, you know, (laughs) three point three million in a day. Uh, Again, now these are usually the same people, but you know, six hundred and seventeen major felonies, three point three million. I think we're going to still be able to say we're probably the safest city in America. Um, But there are, you know, just there's still too much, too much it was a lot lower and we know we could do better and as my grandfather frank piazza used to say good better best never let it rest until the good gets better and the better gets best so we always should be uh, striving to achieve the best we can be and i am confident that we will get there you know before the pandemic just so you know ridership in uh so march 2020 let's well, say february 2020 it was 5.5 million a day and now we just said uh, last thursday it was three and change a day so we're still down by 2 million um and that has a a financial impact so and don't think it does it. it does on the the transit system in and of itself but then again all the stores and everything around the transit system another case i want to uh, touch on before uh, we have a guest coming up Um, Lauren Fix is going to talk about the car show, which is a big deal, because um, speaking about people coming into the city and tourism, it's at the Javits Center, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, She is our resident uh, car expert, Uh, Orsolia Gal, G-A-A-L. This is a woman, a very attractive woman, uh, by all of her photographs, mom of uh, two boys, uh, wife. They found her in a duffel bag blocks away from her house. The, Emmy just said she had 60 wounds from a knife, including defensive wounds. It appears the attack took place in her home. And they someone stuffed her in a duffel bag and pulled her down, I don't know, not far from the house. Um, the wounds all over her hands shows that she put up a fight, but she gets stabbed in the neck and the... the Clavicle area, severing arteries. We're going to hear a lot about this in the press. You know why? You ready for this? Because she's an attractive white woman. Like we heard about the kid Petito in in California. Like we heard about the case that I have with with the the woman who gets pushed. A lot of attention goes to uh, to when um, there are attractive caucasians in the news these days that's what i just keep seeing over and over again those of you who listened to the catch roundtable earlier bill o'reilly was saying the same thing so this is not just in my mind what i don't like about what happened in this case is they immediately go to the wife's house the, the deceased house they go upstairs they arrest her 13 year old son no reason to put handcuffs on a 13 year old whose mother just got killed we'll be back with lauren fix on the other side So we're going to talk about this business breakfast that we have going on. It's, uh, it's right around the corner. It's about 10 days away on April the 27th in the morning. It's the Salem business breakfast, and it keeps getting sweeter and sweeter because not only is Joe Piscopo broadcasting live and a delicious lunch, I'm sorry, breakfast being served, but we put together a series of prizes and drawings for meals with the hosts, including me. Uh, Mike Gallagher is going to host uh, one of the attendees after his daily broadcast for a lunch in the Financial District. And you can sit down and pick Mike's brain about anything. He's such a smart guy. Besides just politics and news, he's all about Broadway and theater. Kevin McCullough and Hillary Kramer will host their winner and share financial tips and advice. Valerie Delia will join Kevin McCullough for another dinner with a winner to talk all things travel and help you dream of your next getaway. And finally... One lucky winner will get to come to lunch with me at the Friars Club. Yep, the storied Friars Club. And we can talk about all my cases that I'm allowed to talk about. So make sure you bring your business cards and enter to win. Wednesday, April 27th at the Bergen Community College. A special thanks to our sponsors, uh, Magnafold, Camp of the Woods, and Regency Wealth Management. Tickets are free. We just want to see you there. We just want you to come on in. Register at am970theanswer.com, am970theanswer.com, and register for the Salem Business Breakfast.
0: Hi, Kevin McCullough. In the inflationary index that we're in right now, this atmosphere of great volatility, what is happening in real estate? Tonight at 7, Hillary Kramer will break that down for you as we go Money Monday on Radio Night Live, back from vacation, live and in person. We'll see you tonight at 7. This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like you're going 100 miles an hour, barely keeping up. But to cruise through challenges, you need someone who's right there with you. That's what Dell Technologies Advisors do. They have the Windows PCs and tech advice you need to get past whatever's in front of you and get where you want to go. Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. A start to a simpler experience with Windows 11 Pro. Like AM970, the answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970theanswer.com. News. Opinion. Passion. This is AM 970. The Answer.
1: We have cloudy skies. We sit at 48 degrees. Rain knocking on the door of the five boroughs of New York City. Lots of it on the way over the next 12 hours or so. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, New York University is suing New York City over zoning regulations that ban the school's expansion. Let's get more from Natalie Migliori.
4: According to recently filed court documents, NYU wants the city to annul a provision it made when expanding zoning regulations for affordable housing in the Soho, NoHo, and Chinatown neighborhoods. The school, located right near Washington Square Park, argues the city cannot exclude a university from building in an area dedicated to residential use. The school wants to construct some mixed-use buildings. The New York City Council added the provision because community members were against new construction and claimed it would damage the neighborhood's character. Natalie Migliori, NBC News Radio, New York.
1: Governor Murphy is urging caution among New Jersey residents in the face of new COVID cases brought on by subvariants like BA2, Although there may be some positive trends, Liz Warner has more.
4: Governor Murphy said the state is seeing a COVID wave that was anticipated and which mimics what Europe experienced four to six weeks ago. He also said there is some good news in terms of current cases.
2: The fact of the matter is the rates of increase in positivity in rates of transmission are not matched by the rate of increase in hospitalization or severe illness or, thank God, fatality.
4: Murphy said his own recent COVID case is a good example of the trend, and having been vaccinated and boosted, he said he only experienced minor symptoms. Liz Warner, NBC News Radio, New York.
1: Thank you, Liz. Taking a look at the traffic, 20 to 30 minutes at the outbound Holland Tunnel, 15 and 20 inbound from the turnpike, 20 to 30 from 1 and 9, Lincoln Tunnel, 15 inbound. 20 to 30 as you go back to New Jersey and about 15 for the George Washington Bridge. Rain moves in this evening. Heavy at times overnight, a wind-driven rain. Overnight low 42 could see 1 to 2 inches of rain by tomorrow morning. Morning rain tomorrow, then sun for the afternoon. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker, AM 970, The Answer.
2: We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well,
3: talking about the New York comeback story, a big piece of that is um, the Javits Center, right? It's a huge convention center. It's actually where I sat and took the actual test to become a lawyer, the bar exam. Um, that's, so for me, it's got a really special place in my heart because I passed and I failed to probably have a different place in my heart. But for a very long time, as long as I can remember, um, that's where I go for the auto show every year. The International Auto Show. And I am a car guy. Anybody who knows me a little bit knows that. Um, I tend to lean European, uh, but I appreciate all cars. And the American cars are becoming great. Uh, and I so I, I lean on my friend, Lauren Fix, who, uh, yes, that is her real mass name. It's not because she can just take apart an engine and put it back together with her eyes closed. That is just the, the, the name that she's been bestowed. So I lean on her to ask her about all things automobile. So welcome back to the show, Lauren Fix. How are you?
4: I'm great, Arthur. Thanks for having me back.
3: So hopefully on Wednesday, I'm going to take both of my sons, uh, Luca, who's 15, and Arthur, who's 5, who will jump in every car and play with all the buttons, um, to the auto show. Where? What is the first area? Where should I run to and show them? What's the coolest thing? What's the f- coolest concept? What's going on at the auto show?
4: Well, you probably won't be able to get in the supercars. There's a Lamborghini, Lamborghini Huracan Technica, which is amazing. But to cars they might be able to get in, you probably want to start on the Ford booth, which is the far side, the south side of the convention center. They've got the last of the four GTs there. It's a Holman Moody uh, Heritage Throwback. And the original car is there, too. It's worth millions of dollars. Uh, so that's kind of neat for me because its I wouldn't mind having both of those vehicles. <laughs> yeah, okay.
3: Join the club. It, you just need a museum to put them in. Um, right. Lord, here's, here's really what I was thinking of you uh, last night on Easter Sunday as I was winding down. My dad had handed me... I think it's Motor Trend. I don't know. It's either Motor Trend or, or Car and Driver, and uh, they have a a face off between the the Cadillac, the small Cadillac Blackhawk, which has a six speed manual, and the BMW M3. Right. And the title of it is the last combustible combustible engine sports sedans. Now, is this true? I mean, is like, and, and I heard someone tell me this weekend that Volvo said. All of their cars are going to be electric by like 2025, which is basically two model years from now. Is the the internal
4: combustion engine gone? No, absolutely not. So I will tell you, I can't give you a lot of the details until the 20th when we got to see an early sneak peek at BMW 7 Series. All I can tell you is when the CEO was there of BMW Global says, we are not getting rid of combustion engines. We will have gasoline powered vehicles we will have hybrids and we will have electric because i've talked to quite a few ceos this past week i media days is just before it opens to the public at the new york auto show and sitting down with quite a few of them i would say four of them i spoke with they've all agreed there's no profit margin in electric vehicles so you have to kind of read between the lines and they go we're going to be electric does not necessarily mean 100% electric. It means electrified. What does that mean? That means you'll have a gasoline engine that's smaller with electric power to get you off the line, or you can go all EV. So that electrified is what they call 48-volt architecture. I won't go deep dive on you guys, but um, it's important to note that For the longest time, Volvo's been saying, we're going to go all electric. It's a great title for news stories. But the fact is, if you really sit down and talk to them, they're going to be electrified, plug-in hybrids, or they're going to be plug-in EVs. So – don't don't uh, worry. Corvette's still there. It, it'll probably have hybrid. Also, the Mustang will probably have hybrid. There still will be gasoline-powered vehicles. Just tell and folks what is
3: Lauren. I have Lauren Fix who knows all things cars. Explain to folks what what is the difference between a electric vehicle and a hybrid vehicle.
4: Okay, an electric is a plug-in, so you have to plug it in the wall like your phone every night to make sure it's fully charged. You can drive your distance. Of course, just so you know, a little side note high temperatures of cold or low, temp- uh, low temperatures of cold or high temperatures of warm reduce the battery life, just like it does in anything. Um, so as far as plug-in versus hybrid, a hybrid, the perfect example for people to understand is a Prius. We've all seen the Prius for years. It's gasoline, but it has electrification, which means you gets off the line quicker. Otherwise, that Prius would be a stone if it didn't have that electric push off the line. Uh, so that's the difference. Now, they also make those as plug-ins. They call them lovingly PHEVs, P-H-E-Vs, which means plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. We live in three-letter acronyms in my world. So right, I, I got it. But I'm sure you do, too. I'm sure you, in the legal world you've got all kinds of acronyms. You guys all know what you mean. But uh, it's important to note there's going to be multiple forms of uh, propulsion. So don't think if you want a diesel truck you can't get one. I just bought one. Um, and there's going to be all kinds of new forms of Gasoline also, besides compressed natural gas, right now they're working on a really, really cool product that Porsche designed called eGas. It's totally synthetic gasoline that you can run in regular vehicles. We're not to market, yet; we're not even close to market, but I'm monitoring it because I think it might be the answer for those people who just, electricity doesn't make sense. There's no charging stations, they don't have a garage, there's no place to plug in. This might be an answer to use what you have and not damage the motor that you have. What you know? You're talking about synthetic gas. The the president
3: of the United States said something about uh, a different type of gasoline he's going to allow to be used this summer mm. to keep gas prices down. Could you explain, Lauren? Fixed the car, sure. brilliant chick. Um, am I allowed to call you a car chick? You
4: can call me anyone. I'm I, I'm not offended by anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am so, in a guy's world. I race cars. I've heard things that make anybody blush. So. <laughs> all right.
3: Um. So, Lauren, what what is the the gas? Uh, it's an ethanol type of gas that that the president okay. wants yes, to, allow to actually, you to be used.
4: Right. I'm actually doing my Friday segment every Friday. I do a car coach reports news report. Plus, I've got car reviews posting and. First, looks at new vehicles that are always posted at Car Coach Reports on my YouTube channel on my website as well. I have a sub stack in addition. Now, here's the real story. So, President Biden has decided to add 15% ethanol to gasoline. Now, right now it's 10%. You can buy zero if you've got a performance car or you're using a snowmobile or a weed whacker or whatever, that's what you want. But adding 15% ethanol, a long time ago the epa back in 2011 said this is really not good for the environment to add more ethanol to gasoline and the reason for that was that the ethanol actually burns at a different temperature And between june 1st and september 15th they banned selling it because it causes pollution okay well that makes sense from an environmental standpoint great idea not to sell it because of the warmer temperatures well President Biden has decided to use the EPA to sign off an emergency waiver to run it year-round, so it's going to pollute. But what it also uses is it uses corn. So that means that the farmers who could produce corn take the subsidies from the government. I don't blame them at all. They have to make money to produce corn. But all the fertilizer they use and all the tilling and all everything they use damages the environment as well. So we're in a catch-22. Are we making food for us to eat, or are we making Food to yes, turn right. gasoline, which makes no sense. So you take seven bushels of corn, makes one gallon of ethanol. That's not a, So if you mix 15% in, you're going to need a lot more than seven bushels for one take of gas. And I think that's what people don't understand. Uh, in addition, I actually the whole thing I, I discuss about the damage to your vehicle, and I'll kind of give you guys, your listeners, a sneak peek. The real secret is that... Quietly, automakers are continually to void your warranty on your vehicle if you run an E15 gas. For example, I'll give you the brands, and it, please look in your owner's manual because if it says you use E15, anything higher than E10, and it voids your warranty, don't use it because it will damage your motor and you will have to pay that bill. So it's BMW, Chrysler, Nissan, Toyota, and Volkswagen stated their warranties will not cover E15 wow. claims. And the Automobile Association also said, as AAA said, eight others, GM, Ford, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mazda, and Mercedes-Benz, as well as Volvo, said if you use E15, you may void your warranty. Because what it does is it eats fuel tanks, emission systems, seals and gaskets. And so you've got a problem. You take it to your dealer thinking, this has got to be a warranty. This has got to be covered. And you take it to them, and they think, you know what? I'm sorry, Arthur. You use E15, and you've been using it regularly. Believe me, they can tell. There's computers to track so, everything. So I,
3: I got a 2016 Fiat, which falls under the Chrysler umbrella. You think, you think I'm safe? No, it's the Abarth with the stick. So what do I do? That's where do I go awesome get gas?
4: That's an awesome vehicle. A, um, I would find E10 if I really had a choice. You want that to run? But, how do, you, back but back how do back you? But how do you know vehicle. where to go how to get e this? Zero. I mean, I pull into well, Mobile. Um, okay. Right. So go to the gas pump, and you see a yellow sticker yellow square and it'll say e10 or it'll say e15 or it could say e85 so these are things that's really important to. Wow. Read i didn't know that and so i consider I... okay i consider myself
3: a car, guy, car, car guy. guy so i got mm-hmm. all right so i'm uh, let me just get this clear because folks this is very important Yeah, we have lauren fix the car coach here and um Uh, When you go into whatever your respective gas station is, there's going to be a little yellow sticker, you said, somewhere where... where... About the pump, right where you grab the handle. Okay. Right in the pump. And it's going to have either E10 or E15? Right,
4: or E85, which you don't want to run unless you have a flex fuel vehicle. Now, this does not impact diesel vehicles, just so you know. This is for gasoline-powered vehicles. That's a whole other conversation and much deeper. But when you're looking at gasoline you can find E0, zero ethanol. And if you get on, the web, get on your favorite browser, whatever that might be, and you put in zero ethanol and then put your zip code in, it'll give you a list of all the gas stations that have there zero There you go. Ethanol. Only and on the i Idol Idol Power yeah. Hour.
3: There we go. Great. Yeah. So, Lauren, I, got, I, have, I have one minute left. Just tell me, what was the coolest car that, that not, not a, a Lamborghini, but the coolest r- reasonable car that you were impressed with at the auto
4: show? Wow, there was a lot of great vehicles. Um, I would say I love what Genesis is doing. They've really right. come a long way. That's Kia, seen right? The GV70. Well, no, it's Hyundai. Oh, Genesis Hyundai. Hyundai. Owns, I apologize. Hyundai's, right. Hyundai's luxury line is Genesis. Genesis. And they've really put out some impressive vehicles at some really great prices and 10 year, 100,000 mile warranty. So. To me that was one of the coolest things I'm Give me really one, more,
3: one more, one more, one more besides Genesis. One more besides oh, Genesis. Oh, you're
4: killing me. Oh, I just love Oh, man, there was a Ford Mustang there that was a Mach 1 that was really nice in gray. They call it uh, it's like a military color gray. It was yeah, really you're, pro-
3: you're you're partial to Mustangs. Your daughter's name is Shelby. Come on, give me a break.
4: Yeah, but she's getting married on Friday, so
3: yeah. Oh, mazel Tov. Lauren, real quick before Thank we go. You. Tell us your, what's your YouTube channel? How do people find you?
4: Go on YouTube, put in Car Coach Reports. My name is Lauren Fix, F-I-X. You can find me on all forms of social media, literally every form of social media. If you got a question, message me. I will get you an answer because I think if you've got a question, you deserve an answer. Thank
3: you so much. Lauren Fix here in New York City. We'll be right back, folks.
2: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the Metro Tri-State area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788.
0: In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable. Every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer.
2: Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back.
0: You could have a chronic condition. Called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. c or Linaclitate is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC c in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by and Ironwood
4: Pharmaceuticals. Hey, New Jersey grocery shoppers. It's Linda Doherty with the New Jersey Food Council. Beginning on May 4th, a new state law goes into effect eliminating both paper and plastic single-use shopping bags at grocery stores. Customers will need to bring their own reusable bags or another means to carry out their groceries. Help us spread the word and get into the habit now. It's time to Bag Up New Jersey. For more details on the new law, go to bagupnj.com.
0: This message sponsored by the New Jersey Food Council, the New Jersey Broadcasters, Association and this station. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
4: Well, I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. You know it makes me feel good. Well, I love a rainy night. It's such a beautiful sight. I love to feel the
0: rain on my face. Taste the rain on my in the moonlight shines.
3: Well, I hope you guys like a rainy night because, you know yesterday was Easter. Well, they're talking about a nor'easter. Um, you know what is up? It's freezing out. I mean, it's really cold, and now they're predicting horrible weather. And I got to tell you. All my tulips are up. The house looks beautiful now. I cheat. My mother-in-law in the neck gets mad at me because I do go to the dollar store and I buy some of these fake flowers. But you know, my house is set back, so when I I mix in the fake ones with the real ones, I don't think you really can tell. I got a great message today from one of my my uh, one of my neighbors. Uh, he's not like lives on my block, but he lives close by. I had a whole issue with my father yesterday. I referred to someone as my neighbor. He like, they don't live next door to you. That's not your neighbor. Your neighbor's the person who lives next door to you. I said, no, it's called your neighborhood, right? So people who live in your neighborhood, I call them My neighbors. But um, so one of my neighbors wrote me a beautiful message. I, th- I either got it last night or this morning saying that our house looked so pretty for Easter. And he it took every opportunity to drive by the house because it really made a difference in the Easter season for him, which made me very happy. Um, and of course, I do that for primarily for my children, but I do it for myself. I, pr- I, I like to celebrate the holidays. I had pink lights all on the house. First of all, in in recognition of my daughter, but also uh, in recognition of uh, Easter Sunday, and you know I think these holidays are are very important because God willing, for a couple hours anyway, they take us off our phones. Although now the phone is the camera, so the gosh darn thing is always in your hand, but and and it just helps you appreciate life a little bit. Um, I want to show a little appreciation for the new commissioner of New York Strong. It's the Department of Sanitation jessica tish um she is the granddaughter of uh, mr tish who founded the lowe's corp um and her uh, he's gone but her dad i believe is lawrence uh you know he's he runs that company it's a multi multi-million dollar they're, they're not hurting for money let's put it that way um, but she uh was in in the n y she was a harvard graduate she's clearly a well-equipped individual to run things um she then worked in the NYPD, uh, in the technology department and terrorist department, and then she ran um, the Office of Technology under Bill De Blasio, and now she's going to run the. She's going to be the commissioner. Or she is the commissioner of the Department of Sanitation, Jessica Tisch. And you know, uh, I remember when Bloomberg was the mayor and became mayor, and I think he uh, awarded the, the the men and women of the New York Strongest Folks the um, a very good contract. I think he upgraded their contract before maybe he did fire or police and he made a statement like they're the most vital public service in the city of New York. And he got beat up for that over, you know, well, how can you say the police is not How come you say the fire department is not But, you know, the Department of Sanitation, uh, they are the utility players of this city. You know, they don't just do one job. They do so many jobs, big, huge jobs. For the city of New York, uh, they are invaluable. I'm not saying they're more. Who's more valuable? You Would you rather have a police officer or a fireman or a sanitation worker? It's a stupid... Game, you need them all, right? You just, you know, you, you can't have a, a, a crime-free neighborhood. and all the buildings are burning. Uh, you can't have a neighborhood where all the buildings will never go on fire. But garbage is piled up two miles high. You can't have a safe neighborhood where there's no crime. But if anytime you get an inch of snow, the whole place comes to a screeching halt. The cleanup they did after September 11th, uh, and then Hurricane Sandy. You know, they're always there. Their trucks and their equipment is second to none. Um, obviously, any, anyone who knows me a little bit knows my buddy Mike Bove. he's uh the the treasurer for the union uh he's also heavily involved in the Columbia Association for the Department of Sanitation so now the, the mayor of the city of New York right now the three main commissioners Commissioner Sewell Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh of the FDNY and now Commissioner Tisch uh you have three women running the city of New York as well as I believe it's five deputy mayors who are all women uh so he's not, uh, you know, playing around when he talks about diversity. You know, I, and, and look, you can't say that uh, Commissioner Tish is not qualified for this position because she's been around city government for a long time. Uh, not, you know, not only in City Hall but also in the NYPD. And um, she's the, the office, the, the technology piece of it. When you're running the Department of Sanitation in today's day and age. I don't know. Mikey Bovee can tell me how many thousands of miles of streets there are where garbage needs to be picked up. Recycling needs to be attended to. Streets need to be swept. And, um, and then, you know, you deal with the whole snow situation. There's a lot of technology involved in there. So I am very happy that Commissioner Jessica Tisch is on board. I'm sure she will. Uh, deal, deal well with Harry Nespoli, the head of the union, 831, and things will go well. Um, regarding consistency or lack thereof, you know, the CDC says we have to wear masks on public transportation. Well, guess what? Judge Mizell in Florida, a Trump appointee, said, no, nope, no, nope, the uh, CDC is actually overstepping their authority. Now, this is from a case that started in July of last year. The 59 page ruling just came down that is not you know a very small decision by the way 60 pages uh, one page short of 60 pages she's basically said this judge said look this, even though you may have good intentions and and even maybe even if hypothetically the science backs you up you in and of yourself don't have the authority to do this it had to do with two women who uh, brought a suit saying that wearing the masks made them so nervous and caused such anxiety. They already had anxiety about flying. This took it to another level. And the judge agreed with them and said, well, it doesn't serve the public right uh, justice to just say, okay, these two people don't have to wear masks, but everyone else does. And so she's taking the masks off of everyone. And again, we just need a little consistency because you could take the subway to the Barkley center to watch the nets who had a heartbreaking, buzzy beating loss yesterday uh, that I watched um, on Easter. Oh, right, zero zero. They had to do a replay to make sure the Celtics got the 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 ball and the hoop in time. But you know, you could you have to wear the the, the mask on the subway, but sitting next to a stranger in the Barclays Center, you don't have to. So that's it. We're gonna, uh, the words of the great one, put a lid on things for today. Um, I just again want to um, bid a a, a a farewell to a great New Yorker. A man who uh, led by example, Chief Joe Ponzi of the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. He he had he did resign there, and he was enjoying uh, time with his family. But he was also he was our private investigator. Uh, my wife Marianne um, is devastated. My partner Mike Jacarino, as well. Uh, he was our go-to guy. We're starting a homicide case uh, next week. Joe was the main investigator on it, and, and we'll be using his notes. But he led by example. He led to show that the priest was true when he said is it worth it to lead an honorable life is it worth it to be trustworthy is it worth it to take the high road as opposed to the being enticed by the low road and chief joe ponzi showed that yes it is worth it because he leaves this world with a reputation that is nothing short of spectacular rest in peace joe ponzi we love you